Following Toby Matsu's retelling of the conversation to his brothers, they agreed to wait until Sunday to attempt a visit to Matsu's parents in hopes that the chances of catching them at home and not busy would be higher. This left them with plenty of time to mull over the news that Matsu had been interested in Karamatsu from as far back as high school. The revelation was a chilling one, especially given the way she had greeted them both of the times they had met at Chipita's stall. In introducing herself both to Karamatsu and to the rest of the sexperts, she had spoken as if it was their first meeting, as if it was the first time she was learning anything about them. An obsessive personality, complaints to the newspaper club over invasions of privacy, an estranged friend, a lie about their first encounter, an unpleasant breakup, threatening messages from a stalker, an abrupt disappearance. Even having Ichimatsu on his right side as a proxy for his missing brother wasn't enough to put Todomatsu's mind at ease. Sunday came, and Todomatsu and Choromatsu struggled to drag their brothers out of bed early enough that they would be able to arrive at their destination at a reasonable time. They suffered through the boredom of the lengthy commute, and the early afternoon sun found them standing before a white wrought iron gate that separated the street from the luxurious European-styled architecture on the other side. Osimatsu collapsed to his knees at the sight of it, screaming, Why would you break up with money like that, Karamatsu? You idiot! Damn you! Shuromatsu hooked his hands around Osimatsu's arm and began hauling him up. Will you stop? You're making a scene! It's one thing to pull this kind of crap at home, when the neighbours are more or less used to it, but don't bother a bunch of strangers. Yeah, Osimatsu-ni-san, come on! Todomatsu joined in as he took hold of the eldest son's other arm. It's not like he broke up with the money anyway. He broke up with a creepy liar who may or may not have pushed his brother down the stairs for little to no reason. Shit. Money like this, she could push me down the stairs. Multiple times. I mean, just look at this. Osimatsu gestured to the house helplessly. She can afford the hospital bills. Shuromatsu heaved an exasperated sigh. Ugh, enough already. Jushimatsu, take this nuisance somewhere. Aye. Stop, stop, not me. Why do you always do this? Please pay attention to the conversation. Oh, are we actually going to ring the bell? Or are we just going to stand around screaming like a pack of weirdos until someone calls the cops? Churomatsu froze, his hand squished against Yushimatsu's face to keep him safely out of his brother's grabbing range. Did we just get scolded by Ichimatsu? Hell yeah, Todimatsu said, settling his hands on his hips. Because you're standing around screaming like a pack of weirdos and someone's going to call the cops. Look, They'd probably be freaked out if all five of us went to the door anyway, so I'll go by myself, okay? You can all go wait at that convenience store we passed. Cody Matsu turned to approach the house, but before he'd taken two steps, a hand caught his wrist. All traces of his previous antics absent from his features, Choromatsu looked at the youngest son with a wholly sincere expression. Wait, he said. Can I go instead? Cody Matsu was cynical. What? You don't think I can handle it? I've handled practically everything else up until now. Everything else. That's why I want to go. I haven't... I haven't done anything. I haven't helped at all. Even if it's only this much, I want to be able to do something. Todimatsu put a hand on his hip. Isn't that just pride? It doesn't really matter who goes, as long as they come back with the information we need. It's not like the person who does it will get credit for solving the whole mystery. It is pride, Choromatsu agreed. He squared his shoulders. It's my pride as Karamatsu's brother. Todimatsu's posture relaxed, and with a light breath... He moved aside and gave his reply. Okay, I'll go to the convenience store with everyone, then. Remember, you can use the name Harami Tachibana however you need to. He stepped up to Choromatsu and jabbed his forefinger against his brother's chest. We might not get another chance like this, so don't blow it. Of course not. My base stats from negotiation are... Oh, no, 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 Todimatsu interrupted. No, nope, nah, not one more word. That's a jinx just waiting to happen. 
He grabbed Osimatsu's and Jushimatsu's hands and started walking, trusting Ichimatsu to follow. All right, okay, we're going now. Good luck, Shoramatsu-nisan. Osimatsu began to complain almost immediately. Why do we have to leave? I want to stay here and spy. I bet it'll be funny. Don't think it's supposed to be funny, Ichimatsu said, herding Osimatsu along from behind. I think the point is that it's extremely mundane. You know, normal, as in not suspicious. That's a problem in itself, Osimatsu countered. Isn't this supposed to be a funny story, at least some of the time? If Churamatsu's going to make it boring, then we have a responsibility to... <laughs> Osimatsu bit his tongue as Torimatsu shoved him into the convenience store. That's great and all, but Churamatsu-nisan isn't even in the scene anymore. Let's just wait for the transition and give the fourth wall a break. The brothers busied themselves with browsing the convenience store's aisles, and after a mercifully short wait, an electronic chime sounded at the store's entrance. Shoramatsu passed through the door with his hand on his chest and a haggard look on his face. His brothers immediately crowded around him. How'd it go? How'd it go? Jushimatsu asked, bouncing eagerly. Oh, it was incredibly nerve-wracking, Shoramatsu said. My mother answered the door and looked at me like I was the scum of the earth before I even opened my mouth. There was this who-the-hell-do-you-think-you-are vibe. My mind went totally blank. Osimatsu straightened up with a frown. Hey, but you got what we needed, right? Yeah. Churomatsu nodded, digging into his pocket for a sheet of paper. Somehow, I panicked and said I was Harumi-san's cousin, and suddenly she was really interested in what I had to say. I guess Matsuri-san's parents are really fond of Harumi-san. Hmm, she did say that they'd listen if we used her name, Matsu recalled. And she said that she and Matsuri-san haven't been in touch for a long time. Maybe her mum was relieved to hear about her again. Anyway, Churomatsu continued, I was so nervous that I don't even remember everything I said, but I got Matsuri-san's address in the end. Apparently she just moved not too long ago, so her mum didn't think it was suspicious that Harumi-san didn't have it already. He unfolded the paper and looked over what was written. Here, it's... Wait, what? Ichimatsu arched his neck to look as well and frowned at what he saw. What the hell? Isn't this right around our neighbourhood? What? Seriously? Harumi-matsu grabbed Harumi-matsu's hand and pulled it forward so he and his brothers could see. Ah, it is! It's like two blocks over, isn't it? Jushimatsu's expression glazed over in deep thought. I passed by that area a whole lot when I was calling for Karamitsu-nisan, he said. I never saw Matsuri-san, though. That's kind of weird. You'd think if she heard her ex-boyfriend's brother calling for him, she would have at least stuck her head out the door, Osimatsu said, his hand on his chin. I mean, unless she wasn't home or something, I guess. But what are the odds that she wasn't home any of the dozens of times Jushimatsu was out looking? I smell a rat, Ichimatsu muttered. I've had a bad feeling about this since we heard about the whole high school thing, Churimatsu said. And now, uh, I don't know what to think. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but I just can't imagine that Matsuri-san doesn't have anything to do with Karamatsu's disappearance. With a swell of urgency, Todimatsu navigated to the shelf that housed the store's rice walls and pulled down free. He started in the direction of the cash register, calling to his brothers as he passed them. Don't just stand there. If we hurry, we can get home while it's still daylight and talk to Matsuri-san directly. We'll eat on the train. Wait, Totty? Osimatsu moved to follow the youngest son. I know you only picked up three of these, right? Todimatsu stopped in his tracks and spun on his heel to face his brother. That's because I'm broke after having to make up the difference for you guys' travel expenses. One's for me, and the other two are for you to split between yourselves. If you don't like it, then buy your own. Osimatsu, Churamatsu, Ichimatsu and Jushimatsu quietly put up with having half a rice ball apiece. By the time they reached their station, it felt as though they had finally reached their station and the Matsuri brothers exited onto the street with a nearly tangible sense of restlessness buzzing about them. Jushimatsu took point as they made their way to the appropriate neighbourhood, and everyone else had to shift into a pace that was always on the verge of running in order to keep up. 
with the setting sun spreading their long shadows across the pavement. They paused in front of one of the houses and read the nameplate on the fence. Catchy Banner. This is the right house, right? Shuramatsuni-san? Todomatsu asked. Yeah, it should be. The address is the same, and the name is right, too. Osimatsu stole anxious glances at the door. So do we just ring the bell, then? Like, hey, where the hell is Karamatsu, you creepy bitch? Todomatsu raised an eyebrow. So what you're saying is that we shouldn't let you do the talking. Is that it? Ichimatsu-ni-san should do the talking, Jushimatsu proposed. Ichimatsu blinked, aghast. What? No, right. Because if she pushed him, then seeing his face would probably be like, Oh, yeah. Right? Jushimatsu. Oh, that is pretty sound logic, Churamatsu agreed. Ah? Ah! I said no. Ichimatsu-ni-san's social awareness is pretty high, Todimatsu considered. So it should be fine if it's him. Better than sending Osimatsu-ni-san, at least. As much as I resent that comment, Totty, I'm fine with making Ichimatsu do the work this time. As long as he doesn't take a dump on the walkway or something. By this point, Ichimatsu would enter the state of minor panic. You're not really going to make me do this, are you? He said, disbelieving. You can't honestly think that I'm the most suitable. It'll be easy, Todimatsu assured. Look, she doesn't even have an intercom, so she'll have no choice but to open the door to see who's there. Just look at her face, ask about Karamatsu-ni-san, look at her face again, and you're done. Totally painless. Ichimatsu found it difficult to admit it would be painful right from the step where he had to look at her face, but apparently he didn't have to admit it. Jushimatsu seemed to sense his discomfort with practiced ease. I'll go with you, Nisan, he offered. The assurance served only to make Ichimatsu more wary, and he looked to the other three with his brow furrowed. You're making me do it by myself? Psh, no, no, Oshimatsu said with a wave of his hand. Jushimatsu just said he'd go with you, didn't he? Churamatsu shrugged. Sorry, Ichimatsu, but if Matsuri-san opened the door and saw all five of us, she might be suspicious. You can do it, Ichimatsu-ni-san, Jushimatsu cheered. For Karamatsu-ni-san's sake, you'll knock it right out of the park. Muscle, muscle! Ichimatsu grumbled and ducked his head, and Jushimatsu leaned further into his face. Muscle, muscle! Ichimatsu shuffled his feet, and Jushimatsu leaned in close enough that their cheeks touched. Muscle, muscle! Ichimatsu lowered his voice until it was little more than a fleeting murmur. Hustle, hustle. Hustle, hustle! Jushimatsu threw up his arms triumphantly. Osimatsu rubbed his finger along the underside of his nose. Well, since it sounds like we've got things all sorted out, me and Totty and Fafi Matsu will be watching from over there. He pointed to an arrangement of shrubs across the street. So have at it, you two. We'll be waiting for the good news. And so the oldest, youngest and third sons removed themselves from the vicinity of the remaining pair and Ichimatsu heaved a long, disgruntled sigh. Well, it was for Karamatsu's sake. And how surreal that he could think such a thing without a hint of irony. Ready, Nisan? Jushimatsu prompted, hovering nearby with his wide smile tense. Ichimatsu grunted his confirmation, approached the doorbell, and pressed the small, round button. There was as good a chance as any that Matsuri wouldn't be at home. It was right around dinner time, after all, but Ichimatsu really hoped that that didn't turn out to be the case. Since he had inexplicably been elected the most fit for the task, and Matsuri had the potential to be the important final piece of their Karamatsu-shaped puzzle, he imagined they would return day after day after day, until they finally managed to speak with her, and Ichimatsu was really not into repeating this experience. Like, ever again. He waited, waited, and waited with apprehension growing in his chest, and just as Ichimatsu considered ringing the bell a second time, he heard a muffled voice from within the house. The door opened. Look for her reaction, look for her reaction. 
Matt's reappeared in the doorway with an expression that wasn't quite surprise nor confusion. No matter how he tried to interpret it, Ichimatsu could only see it as the face of someone who hadn't been expecting guests. Followed shortly thereafter by a cordial smile, not one trace of guilt or embarrassment coloured her features. Ichimatsu-kun, Jushimatsu-kun, she greeted, her voice of just the same timbre that Ichimatsu remembered it, if not just a touch less upbeat. Not that that was terribly unusual, considering she was speaking to her ex-boyfriend's brothers. It's been a while. What can I do for you? We... Uh, Ichimatsu hesitated. Jushimatsu's unnatural silence did little to settle his nerves. They're looking for Karamatsu. He... He's been missing for almost three months. Matsui raised her hands to cover her mouth. Oh no, I'm so sorry to hear that. I don't know what to say. Ichimatsu glanced towards his brother, but Jushimatsu remained quiet. His eyes focused unwaveringly on the woman at the door. Left with little choice but to continue, the fourth son did just that. So, uh, we think you were probably one of the last people to see him besides us. You were wondering when was the last time you saw him and if you have any idea where he might have gone. Or if you have any kind of clue as to where he might be now. Matsuri hummed and leaned against the door jam. The last time I saw him, I guess it was almost three months ago, actually. Surprised, Ichimatsu interrupted. Hey, really? That recently? Was it? Hmm, Jushimatsu. He patted his brother's arm to get his attention. When exactly was it that Karamatsu didn't come home? Jushimatsu blinked for a moment, looking as if he'd just been snapped out of a trance, and he folded his arms as he considered the question. It was that night we went to Chibita's and it rained a ton, he recalled. Like, whoosh! Yes, Matsuri said. That night it suddenly came down in buckets. I got completely soaked. She nodded her head and dropped her gaze. I did meet with Karamatsukun that night, but... But it's a bit embarrassing. I was making a real disgrace of myself, begging him to reconsider the breakup. In the end, I couldn't change his mind. Even though it was raining so hard, he still insisted on leaving. She lifted her dark eyes, now filled with concern. So then he didn't come home after that? That's terrible. I'm so sorry to say so, but I don't know anything about where he might be. I can keep my eyes open, but... Ichimatsu grunted, then he remembered that he needed to give actual verbal replies to people other than his brothers. I see. That sucks. It really sucked. Will that work for this? Back to square one? Or were Matsuri's words just not true? Ichimatsu couldn't sense it in her tone, but then he wasn't the best for that sort of thing. He could only take her words at face value and suffer through the feeling of them piercing his heart and breaking it into pieces. Karamatsu felt further away than ever. I'm sorry, Matsuri repeated. I still have your house phone number, I think. I'll be sure to call if I find out anything, okay? Yeah, thanks. Or whatever. Defeated, Ichimatsu turned to leave, pausing to gesture as much to Jushimatsu who was once again looking at Matsuri with that faraway gaze of his. The pair started back towards the street, and, after a short spell of silence, Ichimatsu heard the door quietly click shut behind them. The other three were quick to extricate themselves from their hiding place to greet their brothers, and Otimatsu was the first to voice what they were all thinking. So, how was it? Ichimatsu bit his lip. She... she said that she doesn't... She was lying. Jushimatsu's words cut straight through Ichimatsu's, hanging in the air with clarity that left no room to doubt what he had just said. With his four brothers' eyes on him, he repeated himself with just the same level of conviction. She was lying. How do you know? Tony Matsu said. How do you know? Tony Matsu said. I mean, I couldn't hear what she was saying, but she sure looked convincing. Jushimatsu shook his head. Karamatsu-ni-san's scent was there. 